Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. موسیقی محبت کا زینہ باہاروں کی آمد صبا کا ترنم باہاروں کی آمد صبا کا ترنم نکاح عقد مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم Sixth minutes after 11 Central African time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahalan wa sahalan wa marhaban bikum. It's a beautiful Wednesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Arafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name. And of course, my beloved engineer, none other than Haji. Suleiman Esop. I don't know what's up with him this morning. He's in a good mood because he's actually singing that Nasheed, that Mubarak Ahab. What? He says, Mulana Allah. He says, Mulana, when I see your Mubarak face, I get happy. That's our engineer, our beloved Haji Suleiman Esop. He will be my engineer from now till 12 o'clock, inshallah. Yes, my beloved, wonderful listeners, today is the 25th of Rabi'ul Awwal, 1445, which is also the 11th of uh, October 2023. Wherever you are, you know that I, I, I have to wait for your message. Just uh, send me a message and tell me, Molana, we are tuning in, we're listening to Marka Sahaba, we're listening to the Bliss of Marriage. Come on, my wonderful, beloved family, my wonderful, beloved listeners of um, Marka Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Well, um, we welcome our beloved uh, listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz, Yusuf Asmal and Company, and uh, we welcome our beloved, wonderful listeners of uh, Marka Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Our um, WhatsApp number is um, 084-786-3132. 084-786-3132. International Overseas listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. International Overseas listeners, plus 27. 84-786-3132. I know that um, many, many, many of our beloved, wonderful listeners are tuning in, listening to the bliss of marriage. It's a bit uh, uh, overcast uh, this morning, Haji Suleiman Esop. And I think uh, that um, the rain is soon to come. What do you say? From yesterday, I see the drizzling. It drizzles, it stops, it drizzles, it stops. I think, um, uh, yeah. I think uh, it's it's it is going to uh, be raining. I see Sister Shakira Chunara, the Chunaras, mashallah, uh, saying Malana always listening and looking forward to it. Of course, to the blessed of marriage, uh, Sister Shakira Chunara. Welcome to the program, and of course, uh, 
your two beloved handsome soldiers, uh, little Suleiman and uh, what is Suleiman and uh, Suleiman Chunar, and the other one is Suleiman, I think so. Um, yes, they're always on our program, our um, uh, little shining stars. So, while we're waiting for our beloved, honorable, respected Fadila to start, Hazrat Mulana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein, Hafidahullah, I see the listeners are saying, Mulana, we were you, hello, yellow, mellow, dello, jello. Uh, this is from overseas, Haji Suleiman. So, by the way, I want to say quickly before, um, before our beloved uh, Ustad just joins us in. Haji Suleiman Esop, yes, he does a Natkirat every Saturday and he does. He does have listenership. Somebody says, Molana from Chipata, Zambia. Zambia, we listening loud and clear. We all with Merkat Sahaba, um, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'a. I see the, the overseas listeners with us this uh, beautiful Wednesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Well, our beloved Ustad has uh, just... Uh, Walked in, let's welcome him. Let's welcome him into uh, our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Ustad, welcome to the program. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum on arafat. Jazakallahu khairan. Ustad, there's a message says here that uh, Mufti Saab, if my aged mother, she tells me to divorce my wife and take care of her full time, Ustad. What should I do, Ustad? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihi al-Kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we answer the questions as they are posed to us. So you are married, you have a wife, maybe you have children, and now your mother says that no, you must divorce your wife and take care of her. So what will happen when you have to go to work? What will happen when you have to go for salat? What will happen when you have to go some places outside? So obviously that is not a valid reason which your mother is suggesting and so forth. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned the golden maxim, La ta'ata li makhluqin fi ma'asit al-khaliq is authentic sahih hadith in Mishka Sharif ibn Majah. There is no obedience to any creation when it leads to a sin against your, against the creator. So yeah, your wife didn't commit any crime. So she's not saying that she did something wrong. So why should you divorce her? So your mother needs help. So you should employ somebody, employ one Malawi lady or some lady who can take care of your mother on a full-time basis or she can take care of her most of the time and so forth. But divorce is out of the question and your mother is being unreasonable. Maybe she's so old now, she's gone a little bit senile and so forth. She's not thinking properly. So anyway, Allah, Allah, forgive us. We all make mistakes. We all commit sins. So you must try and make khidmat of your mother and you make khidmat of your wife and you keep your wife and look after your wife and your children as well. Almighty Allah commands every husband. Surah 4 verse 19 and treat your wives with love, with respect and justice and that is compulsory upon us. So that will be our response in this scenario. 
Let's go to our next question, Ustad. It's anonymous. And they say, dear respected honorable Mufti Saab, my wife is working and so am I. Should we split household expenses or do I, as a man, have to carry the entire load? Please, Mufti Saab, Ustad. Remember, my brother, you got married 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And when we performed your nikah, whoever the imam was, so what did we say? We told you, Sheikh, brother, say, Nakah to her. I have married her, waqabil to her, and I have accepted her as my wife. So all her expenses is on you. All the ex-children's expenses is on you. And remember that is compulsory in Islam from the womb to the tomb that the lady doesn't have to spend. So before she gets married, so she's born now, from that day onwards, right till the day she gets married, the responsibility is on the biological father and then the dada, the paternal grandfather, pasapa, the opa, and the family members like that if there's no father. And then the day she gets married, from that day till her death, all the expenses are upon the husband. So that's one issue. Second issue, why is your wife working for women to work? So how many sacrifices she has to make? How many compromises she has to make? Maybe she can't be reading Salat on time. She used to wear a certain type of attire and clothing and so forth. And 99.9% she has to put some lipstick, dubstick, makeup, all these type of things there. And all this, obviously each one I was mentioning is haram. Missing Salat is haram. And then uh, uh, applying all this makeup and what have you in public, so it's haram. Third one, she'll have to interact with the male and so forth, strange, strange men. So therefore, you must tell your wife to resign and she must sit at home. She wants to do work and so forth. She can do all that from the house. Nowadays, you know how many things can be done from the house and so forth. So that is what Islam teaches us, my brother. So for you to demand and tell your wife that she must pay for the rental or she must pay for the water lights or she must pay for the groceries and so forth, all that is haram and not permissible. On her own, she wants to buy something for herself, for the children, without you imposing upon her. So that's a different issue. But here in this instance, you want to impose it upon her because she is working. So that both actions are haram. Her working is haram. And for you to impose it upon her, that also is haram. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Listen to this one, Ustad. Dear Mufti Saab, uh, my wife left me. Because she found out uh, that uh, I am about to get married my third wife. Does she have this right? Remember, Muftisab, what the verse says in the Quran. Please don't take her side, Muftisab. Anonymous brother. So, so why are you asking me the question if you know I'm going to take her side? We don't take sides, brother. So we tell you what the Quran says. So you must remember that your wife left you because you're going to take another wife. And according to you, by your own admission, you say it's your third wife. So the Quran Sharif says, in Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 3, in If you fear you can't do justice, then one wife only. So let's get the situation straight and see now properly if we're both on the same page. What do you mean that this is your third wife? Do you mean all three wives will stay together, meaning that you will have three wives one time, maybe three separate homes or whatever? 
Or do you mean your first wife, she passed away, or you gave her talaq and divorce, and now second wife also had enough, so she went away, and now you want to marry a third one. So, brother, if you want to make this a third marriage and you already got two wives, it's not permissible for you because you can't do justice. Quran says if you can't do justice, then one wife only. So if you got two wives, you're not doing justice, so therefore that wife got so fed up and she now she left you. And if your first wife, you divorced her or, you passed her or she passed away, then remember you had this wife and now she heard you're going to get married to another wife. So she knows you can't do justice and so forth. So therefore she said, Chanukh as Chanukh, enough is enough, and she split and so forth. So I'm not telling you from my side, I'm telling you exactly what the Quran Sharif is saying. Be honest, my brother, do you really think you got two, three wives that you can do justice, I'm asking you? So you know you can't do justice. So sit quietly, just tell the third one, it was a bad mistake, the istikhara came on negative or some make fairy tale excuse and what have you, and go go back to that for a wife who went away, that second one or first one and whatever her. So go by her parents because she's gone them most probably. Go and ask them for forgiveness and tell them, no, let them keep you and while this marriage is subsisting, I will not get married to somebody else. <laughs> that is my Irshad, my nasiha, my advice to you, brother. He says uh, three separate houses, and he says, move this up. The first two wives, they're very wealthy, but I do look after them properly. <laughs> so they're so wealthy that the second wife split now. <laughs> so, so, so what you want to be? You want to be a parasite, or you want to be a mufatia? You understand mm. that they are both very wealthy, so you say, no, this is very nice. May I look for a third one? So the one will give me a Toyota, the <laughs> other one will give me a Nissan, and the third one will give me a Mercedes or a BMW and so forth. So what, what you? You have to sustain them, even mm. if they millionaires, not they must sustain you and the children and so forth. You see, that's exactly the point I'm making. Mm. You can't do justice, brother. With two, you can't do justice. How are you going to marry the third one? You'll say, yes, I got two wives, both are very well to do, but now it means that you can't support them. They're supporting you mm. and the children, little but you put in, but you're putting in only 25%, 50%, whilst Islam says you're supposed to put 90, 100%. So you're not doing that. So how are you going to do justice then? So therefore, forget it, bread idea, and tell number three, make mistake, and tell them that, you know, it's my fault, and inshallah, you go there by the second one's family, and tell them, ask them forgiveness, and then you stay with these two. So you got two now, try and do justice there, and read every day, one night, one night, one night, one week, one week, whatever arrangement you got, then read, Ya Wahabu, Ya Wahabu, Ya Fatahu, Ya Fatahu, Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud Ya Allah Give us more and more Ya Wahab Ya Fatahu Ya Fatahu Ya Allah Whatever impediments Obstacles come Ya Allah Remove the obstacles And impediments And third one Ya Wadud Ya Wadud Ya Allah Enhance our love Ya Allah Increase the bond Between us And so mm. forth You got two already After five ten years To Vakovar Even Neba So you will be walking In Ruku And all that You're going to take third one you'll be walking in sister just now so you must remember that just forget all that now and look after this too <laughs> let's go to China's Bagustada <laughs> in urgent <laughs> the answer says urgent Muftisab 
Can my wife go for Umrah without my permission with her brother, Ustad? So you must remember that she has a mahram. Did you take her for Umrah? No. If you didn't take her for Umrah, so you should give her permission. Jiska zarf bara ho. Allah in kubara bana deta hai. It's a golden opportunity for her to go with her brother. She's not going without a mahram. She's not going with some strange people. If you took her for Umrah last year, this year, previously, then she mustn't go. But if you, you did not take her for Umrah and so forth, then let her go, brother. Why you want to prevent her and so forth? She will see the Baytullah Kaaba Musharrafah. She'll make dua for you, make dua for the children. Mm. She will go to Medina Munawwara, give salams to the Master, alayhi salam. She will cry there by Almighty Allah for you, for herself, for the Ummah, for Palestine, all that. So it just depends, my brother. If you took her one, two, three times, then no, you must tell her no. But if you never took her, or you took her five, ten, fifteen years ago, then say yes, my brother. Keep your heart a little bit big, you know. <laughs> so your mother, and she's going with the brother. So what's the problem, my brother? He said no. She didn't do umrah. But I'm not going to let her go without me. That's my final decision. Ustad. That's up to you. You mm. ask me for my advice. So you must remember that. That's up to you. You ask me <laughs> for my advice. So that is what I'm saying. So you must remember that sometimes we over-possessive and mm. all that. It's not going to cost you anything. So you must remember that her brother will take her. Her brother will pay for her and so forth. That's my advice to you. You decide what you want to do. So remember that sometimes Sometimes we, you see, in Islam, we sometimes have the total misunderstanding of Islam. In Islam, the husband is the Amir. Amir means you have added responsibility. Roti, kapra, makan, you must provide the shelter, you must provide the food, you must provide the clothing, you must provide everything. But you're not the Amir, you're not the dictator. You see, that's where the Muslim husbands get things wrong. You must remember that. So we should be a little bit flexible on this type of issues. More so, if you must remember, she never went for Umrah and so forth. She's not asking to go to Switzerland or Dubai or India or something for holiday. She's asking to go to the Haramain. But end of the day, it's your decision. I gave you my advice, my brother. Mm. I see there's a, a student of Dinu She says that... Uh, uh, Mufti Sab, is it the job of the wife to cook and clean? Because I studied Mufti Sab and it's not according to Hadith. Student of Deen Ustad. Ma, you asked the question before. You must go back to Madrasa. You studied Deen. What are you going to do whole day? Mm. I'm asking, what are you going to do whole day? So you're going to sit and look at the mirror. You're going to play with your phone. You're going to play with your TV. That is what Quran Hadith teaches, I'm asking you. So if your husband tells you you must cook three times a day, it's wajib upon you to cook. Didn't the Quran say you must listen to your husband? Didn't the Hadith say you must listen to your husband? Mm. So you must remember these type of things here. You want to twist things in your favor and sit on your laurels and think of Hadi. So therefore, what you studied, you must ask Allah for protection because you studied Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib Rahimahullah who in my humble opinion was one of the greatest jurors, scholars who ever came from the subcontinent Indo-Pak. That is Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Shafi Sahib. Remember, he was a grand mufti of Pakistan and he passed away on 10th of Shawwal, 1976. When the academic year used to start, you know, there the madrasa starts in Shawwal on a Wednesday. 
when is to address the students is to say some of you students ja al himaru sagir you came here like small small donkeys and then when you go back after you study waraja al himalul kabir instead of studying deen you became bigger donkeys and you're leaving from here so a sister that i don't know you i don't know where you studied but that is what has happened to you if you went to the madrasa and at that time you knew that the wife must cook and everything for the husband and so forth and then when you came back from madrasa you say you can fly a kite is not my duty in that so this whole thing which i told you of mufti shafisab applies to you the knowledge didn't help you it became a wabal a curse for you we must ask allah jalla wa ala surah 20 surah taha verse 114 Rabbi zidni ilma Rabbi zidni ilma Oh my beloved Allah increase me in knowledge Hadith in Ibn Majah Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'ah Hadith is sahih Every day we're supposed to read it after Fajr Ya Allah I beg of you such beneficial knowledge Beneficial it will benefit me benefit you benefit the ummah like that and in ibn ma and, and sunan nasai and that it comes the hadith allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa so that is what has happened to you ya allah i seek such your protection from such knowledge that remember there's no benefit in it so sister i don't know if you married or not married try all your tricks with your husband he'll pack you up in one month and two months <laughs> and then you will cry that my husband divorced me because you became a small donkey you became a big donkey so that are the great words of the great scholar hazrat mufti shafi sahab rahimahullah somebody says ustad that my wife wants to go for uh, jihad with the human forum to palestine she's 30 years old mufti sahab and she is diagnosed with terminal cancer should i allow her her last wishes ustad totally haram human forum and all these things they all haram all this business so she's going to go who will be a mahram so you must remember that for women to go out of the house anywhere even for umrah hajj and all that without a husband without a mahram and that is haram and now go to palestine and jihad and so forth jihad is in your house you must remember that your greatest jihad is to serve your husband your greatest jihad is to look after your children and to bring them up Afghan women, they never even saw other towns, many of them. If they are in Kabul, they maybe never even saw Jalalabad. <laughs> or they never even saw, you must remember that, other places, you must remember that in Afghanistan. So, but look at the Mujahideen they produced. They took on 48 countries and liberated, they, they, they liberated Afghanistan from all these Haramis. You must remember that Bush and Blair and whole lot of them and Biden and all of them. And they gave them such a threshing, they had to pack up and put their tails between their legs and so forth. So they don't need you there in, Af- in Palestine. You will be a liability and it's haram for you to go. And if the woman forum is doing all these things here, encouraging women to go to Palestine and alone and all this and calling it mm. jihad, all that is haram and not permissible. Mm. Somebody wants to know, Ustad, that, uh, what's the latest at the moment happening in uh, Palestine with Hamas, Ustad? Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, our resistance fighters, you must know, Harakatul Muqawamatul Islamiyah, Hamas is the acronym for the full name. 
Harakatul Muqawamatul Islamiyah, the Islamic resistant movement, they're, they're giving them a good hiding, so I must remember. So these are cowards, shayateen, haramis, they are jutlas. So what they do, they can only fight them from on top and kill innocent children and women and men and so forth and so on. Everybody has admitted they had to starve people, to put them in siege and so forth. It's against international law and not permissible in any law. Just now, this morning, so I sent out Gideon Levy's article in the Haaretz newspaper. So go read it. I don't know if you are in my groups or you follow me on to Telegram and so forth. So you must go read that brilliant article. He said that this is the arrogance of Israel, that they will keep on mistake, making the same mistake and so same mistake. And that is that they saying they can put two million people in one hellhole and imprison them and without consequences no there will be consequences mm. why should people accept it everybody wants their freedom you came to our country as squatters you stole their land you stole their olive trees you demolished their mosque and now you want to kick them out the harami say they pack up from Gaza and you must go now to Egypt you know why all this is happening because now in Gaza they found guests so where there is gas, where there is oil, so America will be involved, the Jutlas will be involved, the Israelis will be there, and they want their hands on that gas. But Allah Ta'ala says, نَحْنُ قَسَمْنَا بَيْنَهُمَّ عِيشَتَهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا We distribute the assets and everything here in this world. So the poor, poor country sometimes, you take Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia were paupers, if you know anything, 1900, 1910, 1920. You know the African country, Mali? Mali and them used to help them. Mali and them were so rich at that time and so forth, before these colonizers came and so forth. But once oil was discovered, then the boom started and so forth. And they became so arrogant and so forth. So they took Islam and threw it out. And now they're inviting the Jews and the Jutlas and the Christians to come there. Whilst Nabi alayhi salatu salam on his deathbed said, Akhrijul Yahud wan Nasara min Jaziratil Arab. Expel the Jews and the Christians from the Arab Peninsula. Go open Muslim Sharif and then you will see it. So therefore, you must remember that Allah is giving them this gas and so forth. The chutlas are burning, you see. So now they look for any pretext that they are terrorists, they are savages, they are barbarians. But you are the biggest haramis. Mm. You are the biggest super terrorists, remember that. Look at your track record for the past 75 years. How many innocent people you murdered that now in front of us you murdered Shirin Abu Aqila so she's not a Muslim but she is as she was remember a Palestinian and she was a journalist exposing all your war crimes and that was targeted killing extrajudicial killing and nothing happens you took my son two years old Muhammad Tamim and you murdered him you just closed the file and finished how many children you murdered how many women you murdered how many people are 
incarcerated and in jail in there. So all this, these are the war crimes of the Israeli haram terrorists. Therefore, I again, I mentioned it this morning, and I repeat again, every Muslim go on Twitter. So Twitter now, they've gone very lax on this issue. And send your messages out. We stand with Palestine. One settler, one bullet will settle the issue. Again, today I sent it out. So all of you bring that spirit of jihad. Yesterday I was there in the masjid, so Tuesday night I have tafsir. So yesterday I told them, I called the one youngster, I said, are you recording it? He said, no. I said, record it, this will help you in life. You understand? So I had tafsir for 45 minutes or so. So normally I just make 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then we have Q&A like that. So I told them, come I explain to you this whole conflict and so forth. What Allah Ta'ala says about the Jutlas, what the Hadith say, what is the real conflict, what's happening now, what is Hamas history, and all these things we mentioned, you must remember that. So inshallah tomorrow in the fiqh lesson with Moana Zahid Khan, I'll do that again to explain to you listeners so you will understand these things. So every one of you, you can just join Twitter. So one person came, he told me, my son is six years old, eight years old, like, you know, and he say, me, he gave me the example, he say, that Mufti Sahib, you know, when we were young, we were playing cowboys and crooks, you know, I said, yes, so what happened? He said, now my son, he's playing, you must remember, Muslim and Yahudi, Muslim and Jutla. He <laughs> say, me, I'm going to shoot the Jutla. I'm going to actually finish him up. One settler, one bullet. I said, very good. <laughs> I, said, I said, very good. I said, you must create the system and the love and the jazba and the zeal and enthusiasm. You must remember for jihad in our children. Whole day we're busy watching soccer, cricket, movies, busy with the phone, busy with movies. So that love will come in. So show them. See, I always tell you. Last night I told them. This is 1992. And it is around December or so, right? So we were invited December, January, around the 92, 93. Anyway, so 15 ulama were invited, right, from different parts of the country. So there was one youngster, Ka'aka, Kisa to Ka'aka. Ka'aka is a mujahid's name. And this youngster, I'm standing facing Aqsal Mubarak. His back is facing Aqsal Mubarak. And I told him, this we under apartheid still. So I told him, Ka'aka, one day, next day, two days, we're going back to Junubi Africa. So why you don't join us? In the morning, we'll enroll you in the school. Afternoon, you go madrasa. Mm. See the answer the eight, nine-year-old boy gave. The tears started rolling. He said, Sheikh, he turned around and pointed toward Majidul Aqsa al-Mubarak, and he said, Sheikh, if I leave here, who will protect Majidul Aqsa? <laughs> you see, Iman, <laughs> that is Iman. From the young age, they train their children. We know we are prepared for jihad. We know we have to liberate Al-Aqsa Al-Mubarak. We know we're going to give our lives. Khaybar, Khaybar, Ya Yahud. Inna Jaysha Muhammad Sofa Yahud. We belong to the army of Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi and Sahaba. And especially Sayyidina Ali Radiallahu An, whose title is Fatih Khaybar. In Muharram, in the seventh year of the Hijrah, how they liberated Khaybar. How they sent 1994 Jutla straight to Al. 16 Sahaba passed away, became Shuhada and martyrs. And that is the spirit the children love with. And the women and the men and others, they come. <laughs>
come to Aqsa and they give a pledge and they say, Biruh, Bidam, Dafdika Ya Aqsa. With our lives, with our blood, we will give everything for you, Aqsa. We will fall, but we won't allow Aqsa to fall. Which nation will do that? The American Jutlas and the Americans and the Jutlas control every Muslim country, every Arab country, but they can't control Gaza. They can't control Palestine. Do you understand why Allah chose them? Me and you, we can't even last there for 75 days or 75 hours in dead conditions. Sure. I'm telling you, they are staying there 75 years under this apartheid terrorist Nazi regime called Israel, Jutlas. I've been there five times, so I know exactly what's going on. We don't speak from our thumb. So the only solution is jihad. Like Sheikh Yusuf Qardawi, rahimahullah, Allah grant him Jannatul Firdaus. He was 96 years old and he passed away. He said, if Allah gave me taqat and strength, I would have gone there to Aqsa with my wheelchair and participate. And they can put a bullet through me and, and that will be my greatest success. So you mu- they went to jail. Therefore, when Sheikh Muhammad, when the Hafiz Muhammad Mursi, Dr. Muhammad Mursi came into power. He made sure he invited from Qatar, he invited Sheikh Yusuf Qardawi to come. I've been there after that as well to Egypt, Maidan Tahrir. A historic Jumma took place. More than two million people came. And the enemy saw all this, so they made sure they brought the Pharaoh CC and they got rid of him. Doctor, there are two leaders. 100% Sunni and 100% inshallah they passed away with Iman and we make dua for them. One is Hafiz Dr. Muhammad Mursi of Egypt. He only ruled one year and he was helping the Palestinians Hamas one way. You must remember that. But they only allowed him to rule and democratically free and fair he won the elections. Remember that. Hamas won the elections free and fair and go read the life history of Sheikh Ahmed Yasin, the founder of of Hamas. So the and the other one is President Saddam Hussein Rahimamullah. He committed many wrong things and crimes, but he stood for two, three things. One is he stood for the Alu Sunnah. He never allowed any Shia to raise his head. He raised his head, he put a bullet through him. We'll ask questions afterwards. You <laughs> see? That was his policy. And remember that the Americans knew that this guy is a big threat. He sent the rockets from their Baghdad. Into, into Israel and so forth so they said he is this he is that he is that but when they were stealing the oil and all that then it was fine so that is what they want you see so then they executed him on Eid day you see so they, that was when we were in Hajj then we heard this is what happened so he read Kalima and he went and the Kufar Shia and Americans were behind that so for these two leaders we say President Saddam Hussein Rahimamullah and Hafiz Dr. Muhammad Mursi Rahimamullah the others well Allah alone knows majority of them according to me they don't have Iman in Islam so they just use so now how you told the Muslims you Americanos that you're giving us an Eid present so we're telling you that Hamas gave you a Sukuk present you see that this was their holidays and festivals and so forth so they sent 1,000 Jutlas to hell mm. alhamdulillah rabbil alamin
Well, it's exactly around 20 minutes to 12. We're going to go for our interval. When we come back, we will continue, inshallah, with the bliss of marriage. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. 17 minutes to 12. It's a beautiful Wednesday morning here in Johannesburg. Of course, it's a bit overcast. Remember, 0847863132. Who said, listen to this question? Uh, somebody says there, but Sahabia did jihad as well. Why is Mufti going against Hadith? Don't underestimate human power. Our sisters in Gaza are also fighting. So why, stop, why are you stopping we South African sisters, Ustad? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. First thing, you want to go without the mahram. So that is haram in itself. Second thing, we South Africans, majority of us, men and women, you can't even read five daily salat and you speak about jihad. So jihad, let me explain it to you like this. Jihad is a holding company. And you must remember that you have subsidiaries. So subsidiaries means you have different, different companies under the holding company. You see this program, learning, teaching is jihad. That you bringing up your children properly and teaching them what Islam teaches is jihad. You're going for salat, the men to the masjid, woman at home is jihad. So jihad is not what you think only, that you must go in the battlefield. When Sahabia used to go and so forth, 90% of the time, they used to go there for tadawi ajarha, to go and help the injured and so forth and so on and so forth. After that, the Quranic verses got revealed, وَقَرُنَا فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ That you must stay glued to your homes, not run around here and there and so forth. Who understood Islam better, me and you, or the Sahaba, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh, Abdullah al-Mas'ud radiallahu anh. You speak of hadith, I give you hadith. Ummah Humaid al-Sa'idiyah, she comes to Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and says, Ya Rasulullah Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I want to read Salat behind you in Masjid Nabawi. Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu told us, see your house where it is. You got the front section, you got the middle section, and you got the section right at the back. She said, yes. Said, read Salat in front, you will get more reward there in your home than reading behind me in Masjid Nabawi. Read in the middle, and you will get more reward. Read right at the back, Fiqari Baitik, you will get the optimum, maximum reward. Hadith Sahih, 100% authentic, was Sahahahu al-Sheikh Albani. Targhib wa Targhib, and Sheikh Albani, Bani said that this is Sahih authentic as well. Abdullah the Mas'ud radiallahu an faqihu hadhil ummah, the grand mufti of this ummah. Sometimes some women want to come to the masjid, Jummah Salat, other Salat and what have you. He used to wait outside with small, small pebbles. You know what we say pebbles, like how you pelt the jamarat. And he used to pelt in their direction. Go back home. Go back home. You got no place here. So imagine this was in Khairul Qurun, the golden era of Islam. And now you want to come tell me when you've got no tekano of parda and hijab and all these type of things, mm-hmm. go without your husband and so forth, without no mahram, and then you want to come tell me the Women's Forum promote this. Absolutely haram it is, remember. Ustaz, somebody says the Palestinian war is causing marital issues between my husband and I. He says that the Palestinians deserve what they get and he doesn't like Palestinians because see all the haram things they do. 
Please advise Ustad. So you in your house, ask him, ask him three questions. Ask him in his house, in your house, you got TV. Ask him that. Mm-hmm. So you must remember that. So it's haram or halal to have the TV. Ask him, he got cell phone and all that. How many movies he watch on his cell phone and so forth. Third one, ask him, you got internet connection and all that. How much money he's paying for subscription and so forth and so on. When you can't see goodness in yourself, how are you going to see goodness in others? <laughs> so if it wasn't for the Palestinians, Majidul Aqsa and all that should be long time gone. You must remember that. You think the Saudis, the puppets, the Saudi government, Murtads, this MBS and MBZ of Dubai and Abu Dhabi, you think this Bahrain and Egypt and Jordan, these kings and rulers, you think they will save Aqsa? Mubarak, we indebted to them. They are fulfilling a farzakifaya on behalf of this ummah by giving their lives for the sake of Aqsa and so forth. So you, my brother, I can make out your brains is somewhere else. You must remember that. You just want to judge them and so forth. But you yourself, you got no tekana. If I ask you one question, simple question I ask you, I don't know you. But I'm 100% sure that in your house and that you're doing over 100 haram things, those halal, those halal logos, you rely on them or not? Mm. How many of those halal logos are really halal? It's all scholars for dollars business. It's a money-making record. It's a multi-billion, multi-trillion industry. And then you, the husband who's talking so much, I'm asking you, in the leave everything else, in the past month now, Rabiul Awal is coming to an end. This whole Rabiul Awal, whole Muharram, whole Safar and Rabiul Awal, 1445, how many Fajr Salat you must with Jamaat? See? So better you look at yourself, brother, then you talk more nonsense and all this type of thing. Your sister, my advice to you will be that you keep quiet, let him talk nonsense, and start ta'alim in your house and so forth. Take Riyadh Salihin, take the fadail works of Hazrat Sheikh, Hazrat Muhammad Muhammad Zakariya, Sheikh Uladis, and slowly, slowly, inshallah, if you do it consistently, five, ten minutes, Allah Ta'ala's rahmat and barakah and everything will descend. So if you can't do anything, then rather keep quiet, mm. brother. You can't go there. You know if I bring a, somebody a crook, bring a water pistol, your wuzu will break. Mm. So don't, don't talk up to nonsense here, please. Allahu Akbar. There's a, there's a new lesson from Jamaistan Ustad. He's a brother. He says, uh, Mufti Sab, don't you think the Palestinians are suffering now because of Hamas stupidity. They shouldn't have attacked the Israelis. Even some alims are against what Hamas did. Brother from Jamaistan Ustad. So they must accept every day that these people come and attack our women. They must accept every day they come pick up our children. So they must accept every day the Daffatul Gharbiya, the West Bank is part of Palestine according to everybody. So these Haramis, these settlers, these Jutlas, Haramis were coming there and taking their land so they must just keep quiet mm. and so forth and so on you must know what is really happening there that is called so you must remember that any alim you go ask him what must they do in that case you from Jamaston you come from a stadium they call Drihuk Kulikuk you know Drihuk Stadium was in Jamaston so whether he's still there I don't know so remember when we were young we used to play soccer everywhere and so forth so there in Jamaston there was a stadium called Drihuk so we used to call it Drihuk Kulikuk so let's call it Drihuk Kulikuk 
I'm asking you in Drihu Kulikuk that you got a house and now the crooks come. They put the gun at your head. They tell you get out from here and go stay there in the outbuilding. And if you're going to talk any questions, we're going to blow your head. After one week, one month, two months, they tell you your outbuilding also, we're making it half now. <laughs> I'm asking you, you will accept it. We'll say to start. <laughs> I'm asking you, you will accept it. You will go all out. You stole my house. Now you want to steal my outbuilding. You want to do this. I'd rather give my life, but I will never accept that. So that's what they're doing. But if you got no brains, <laughs> it's your fault, my brother. <laughs> he says, but the alims are against it. The alim, alims, they'll tell you close the masjid also. Didn't they close the masjid in South Africa, the, the, the so-called Omolvis? You must remember, didn't they go to court to close the masjid? Didn't they join the lesbians? So therefore, we say you can't give them money. The mufatiyas, you must remember, they're not muftis. What what uh, Iqbal said, pellete mufti masail ke batane wale, abhi hai mufti mufke khane wala. Any molvi, any sheikh, any mufti said you must close the masjid and go to court. He's a big mufatiya. You can quote <laughs> me anywhere. Come tell me about the molvi said that. Come, come talk nonsense. Here. Allahu Akbar. Ustadi, if a woman treats her husband badly. And she becomes a career woman to compete with the rich. Is her income halal, Ustad? So when you got married to her, she didn't only change now. She always had that modern, modern ideas. But you, the husband, when you saw her, you say, I to bohari lage. Oh, ho, ho, ho. ketli rupari lage. And then she put makeup and lipstick and dubstick and all that when you checked her out. You didn't go for her for her taqwa or for her piety or for her good character and that. You so when the men go, eighty percent, seventy percent of the time, the criteria is just Jamal, the beauty, how attractive she is. Whether she have aqal or not, this one auntie Allah gave her Jannatul Firdos. She said, I chuja in Maman she used to tell me, I chuja radio man. You get white white donkeys also. You see? <laughs> yeah. She used to say is that, that they they say they only look at white white, you see. Say they don't know you get white white donkey also. <laughs> so I must remember. Allah give a Jannatul Firdaus, you see. And when the men they look, so you must remember, then they look at Jamal. And when the woman and her family look, they only look at Mal. I don't say all cases, but majority cases. As far as the Aqidah goes, whether he's Muslim, Sunni, whether he's Shia, whether he's Qadiani, whether he's Ahmad, Raza Khan, that whether he is Ahmadi and all these things there. Yeah. So that you must remember. These people are Kufar. You must remember the Ahmadis who call themselves Ahmadi. Ahmadi means Qadiani. And remember that whether they call themselves the Khan, that's what you call it, Ahmadi, or you must remember they call it the Qadiani, or whether they call themselves Shia and so forth. So this Kufar, these people, you must remember this type of things. Yeah. So how can you call it? We don't worry about these things. Mm. And we don't worry about their actions. We don't worry about it. We just... Now you say you are married. After one year, two years, your wife told you, go fly a kite. Me, I want to become a career lady. I want to become a model. I want to become a film star. I want to become an air hostess. I want to do this. It's not that she started now. She always had that aspirations. You must remember that. And you didn't train her after you got married and so forth. So there's two ways to everything, my brother. It's obviously haram. Obviously, you can understand. I love you, Stan. I love you. Respect Mufti Sab, I've heard that Hezbollah 
and Hamas are Shias and supported by Iran. I'm not sure if it is true. If it is true, should we still make dua for the success in the present conflict? And if they are Shia, they are Kafir, and the other side is the Zionist Jutlas, both are Haramis Ustad. <laughs> well said. The last statement, well said. That we say, Amin. You're listening to me. Very good. Shias, 100% kuffar, people who swear and curse. Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu an, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, Sayyidina Usman radiallahu an, our mother Siddiqa, Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu an, our mother Sayyidina Hafsa radiallahu an, and you must remember that Amir Muawiyah radiallahu an, so 100% the kuffar. Today, one student of mine, this morning, this morning, they said that he's preparing a lecture for Siddiqa, that Aisha radiallahu anha, Jumma lecture, I must give him points in that. So previously, he gave a lecture on the, on the manaqib and virtues of Sahaba. He said about 15, 10 people stood up in a masjid and they said, hey, we can't accept this and all that, what you say. He said, I carried on, you see, and told them that once people curse and swear Sahaba, then they're non-Muslim and referring, and it took Shia as a kuffar. So people, it's very hard for them to find it, you know, acceptable. But Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Hadith in Tirmidhi, إِذَا رَأَيْتُمُ الَّذِينَ يَسُبُّونَ أَصْحَابِي فَقُولُوا لَعَنَتُ اللَّهِ عَلَىٰ شَرِّكُمْ That, remember, when you see people who are swearing, cursing, castigating my students, my companions, Sahaba, فَقُولُوا then say, لَعَنَتُ اللَّهِ عَلَىٰ شَرِّكُمْ Allah tell us, curse is on you for the evil evil you are perpetrating for the evil you are committing hadith in Tirmidhi go see Sheikh Yusuf Kardawi regarding whom I spoke now listen to this all of you and this will answer your question he said I wasted so many years he passed away Allah gave him Jannatul Fulda we never agree with everything but he did a lot for the Palestinians so you must remember this he said I wasted a great portion of my life I was the one he admitted publicly he said, I was the one who used to promote, you must remember, al-ittihad, bayna ahli sunnah wa ahli shia, that we sunni shias must become united. <laughs> that was he used to promote. He, when I went to Iran, Sheikh Yusuf Qardawi says, I went to Kashan, and when I went to Kashan, I saw what the shias did. So you must remember, they built a mazar, they built a shrine of the murderer of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala, and then he said I withdrew and I said we can never talk of unity with Shias and he said the Hezbollah in Lebanon are Hezbollah shaitan and they are not Hezbollah so Shias in Iran or Lebanon or South Africa or wherever they are kuffar we got that and Hezbollah is also a Shia outfit and remember we say kuffar Hamas, 100% Sunni. Yes, you must remember it's war. And now you are out. You must remember your Sunni country, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Egypt, Jordan, Bahrain, all of them. Nobody wants to give you arms. So Iran wants to give you arms. And they got a hidden agenda. So what Nabi said, Al-Harbu Khud'ah, war is deception, survival of the shrewdest. So they will take arms. If I'm there, even I'll take arms from them, from the Shias. So you must remember these type of things there. Yeah? So you must remember Darurat to be Hul Mahzurat. So it's a matter of life and death. You must remember these type of things there. Yeah? So 100% the Shias are helping them. But if the Sunnis are only giving cash and they're not giving arms and the Shias are filling that vacuum, 
vacuum. So I say very good to the Shias. You still remain non-Muslim. And Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu hadith in Bukhari Sharif. Inna Allah la yu'ayidu hadha deen birrajul al-fajir. Verily Allah ta'ala will have this deen and Islam through non-Muslims also. Abu Talib pakka non-Muslim. Dispatch to Jahannam. But he was helping Nabi alayhi salam. What you will say then? So you must remember these type of things. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.